welcome back to another episode of The Junction. It's a fun time of year, Chase. It is. The Christmas season, the holiday season, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, Kwanzaa. All the holidays. You didn't You didn't ask ChatGPT how many different holidays were celebrated during this time of year before the episode, did you? I did not, but also somebody told me it was a, um, it was a holiday when I was trying to set up a meeting and I was, I typed into Google, what are, the, what's today's holidays? And it's like national t-shirt day, mm. national whatever day. Um, but she's from Canada and they were celebrating their independence day. Okay. Yeah. They have a lot of bank holidays too. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, we're not the only people in the world. Yeah. So it is a great season though. We have a lot to be thankful for. Um, I know I'm personally excited about this episode because we get to do a little look back on some of the things that we've been talking about for the last few months, but also something that hasn't been automated yet. You're ex- you and your wife are expecting. Oh yeah. By the time this episode comes out, you'll oh, totally. have a newborn baby. We, I will have uh, cloned myself. Yeah. <laughs> Some version of ChatGPT just uh, takes about 20 years for, you know, it to learn enough mm. to be productive or something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're totally excited. Due on the 16th. So if you're watching this after the 16th, probably have another baby. But if you're watching it, I don't know if we're going to post it before then. But if you watch it before then, when then we're still expecting. So. Sure. Well, let's jump into it. 2023, a lot of things happened. You and I started this process in July um, our, our deal was yeah. let's record 10 episodes and see how far we can get. And then we did it. And then we did it and we did it again. And we kept uh, iterating on feedback we were getting from listeners. So thank you to everyone who has tuned in so far this season. It's been really fun. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of really engaging um, conversations with the folks who have been tuning in and sharing their take on this highly interesting and somewhat controversial topic. I feel like, especially we come in hot with this like 2023 highlights and 2024 predictions, you know, it's going to be good because people are going to have their, Oh, totally. Well, so much has happened even since our last recording, like Sam Altman is out and now he's back in. I mean, that was like all of like 24 hours. I know. Right. (laughs) But it's like all these things are just happening so fast. Usually like the CEO leaving a company is like a multi-month deal. Mm. Like I think of uh, Bob uh, at Disney. Bob was out. He was out. And then he was, now he's back in, you know, and that was like a monthly, a multi-month ordeal. And Sam being out was like, I don't know, hot 18 hours. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know, whatever it really was. It's quick. Yeah. This year has been very uh, uh, quick for things to happen across the board. Um, but we should recount yeah. what uh, what we want to talk about. If you had to pick out your highlights for at least, I mean, it doesn't have to be within the bounds of the show because we've only probably scratched the surface yeah. on some things. But um, in your opinion, what's been some of the most exciting, game-changing things to come out of AI in the last year? Um, you know, the the large language models that people know today have been around for a while. They just haven't been that great. You've seen it on your phone in text prediction, right? You're typing like uh, holla and it says day, you know, like the rest of it. That's not, that's not where I thought you were going with it. <laughs> um, but now I think one of the most exciting things, right, is what happened in March where basically a organization gave a souped up version of that to the public and the public's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do, but we're going to figure it out, right? And so... Um, I think the other really exciting thing about that is that it 
Everybody started from, I think I've probably said this a couple of times, everybody started from a level playing field, maybe except the guys that are, you know, building it um, or, or the models themselves. Um, but nobody can be like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. You know, like there's no like super expert in this space. Um, and I think that's what makes it really fun and really interesting and potentially really controversial because just like when social media came around, people were like, oh, it's going to be so wonderful, happiness, you know, happiness, harmony, all this stuff. And then, of course, there's like all the bad side to it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make it in your top eight. I mean, MySpace. Anybody? Uh, uh, or were you talking about Facebook? I was talking about uh, TikTok because <laughs> I have a big following on there. Mm. A full, <laughs> full zero yeah. number of followers. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if my account still exists. I just don't do social media outside of LinkedIn. Probably because I don't have time, but I mean, there's a lot to be said about picking one channel and, mm -hmm. you know, using that as a platform. So I don't think there's totally. anything wrong with that. A lot of, a lot of people, a lot of content creators have been successful by, um, building an audience on one channel versus trying to be yeah. everywhere across five channels. Right. Well, the other thing that really sticks out in my mind is probably not somebody, not what most people would call out, but right now we're seeing a ton of development in the AI space that is focused on empowering you or your organization. And it's not so much like, um, hey, we just built out this awesome thing. Now everybody come and use it, and it's just you using the thing, right? It's basically like they've handed out a toolbox, and now you can use the toolbox to go do a bunch of things. And while they've handed out the toolbox, they're putting even more tools in there. Yeah. Like historically, I think of like Salesforce. Salesforce rolled around in the 90s and it's like, wow, this really cool tool will help me do sales better, right? This tool will help you do everything better. And we haven't really had a ton of that in the small timeline that we've had with, you know, computers and whatnot. That's such an interesting and quite simple point oh, yeah. that it's, it's not necessarily specialized. Like yeah. You can ask it to to be an expert in just about anything. Anything. Yeah. Well, you think, I mean, a lot of the tools that have come out in the last 20 years have been very focused on something, some specific technology. Like I think HubSpot, right? Originally started out as maybe email or marketing, right? MailChimp, definitely email marketing only. Um, MySpace, right? Or And all the different uh, social media was just very focused on getting people to interact. This the the large language model, all the stuff, the Bard, the open AIs, right? They're all building a toolbox that you then go use to go do something else. And that something else isn't just like this one thing. It's literally everything. Yeah, you're like writing meal plan or having it write meal plans yeah. and it's coding for you and writing your summary your for therapist. the board, being your therapist. Yeah. Right. Could totally. be. Yeah, it's, that's one of the things that I think we should talk about going in 2024. Absolutely. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to point out? For? Uh, I'm actually more curious in your thoughts. What's your take? I'm a total noob on this stuff. Um, my take is that, it, you know, when it first came out, I was like, you know, what does this mean? How is it going to impact mm -hmm. me? Um, with your encouragement, embraced AI, embraced the tools. Wait, 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 wait. Did you start out like... No way in heck am I ever going to write any web content, copy, pictures, anything nope. with AI? I never say never. I learned that a long time ago when I said I would never, ever, no. ever live in Texas. 
and now you do. I've been here like 13 years yeah. and I love it. Yeah. So never, you weren't a never, but you were like, yeah, probably would never do that. And now you are a. I was a, I don't understand how to use it in a way that is responsible and effective. Right. And maybe it's akin to how we, you know, our core business is building integrations for like the CFO that wants real time yeah. data and they don't have it right now because it's disconnected systems until we can communicate that to them in a way that solves like a real business challenge. Like mm -hmm. I think they are probably naturally skeptical about what it actually can do for them. Yeah. It just seems yeah. so that in the same way for me was AI in my feed was a bunch of marketers trashing it for like, don't use it. Your copy's going to be terrible. Google's going to hide your blogs. Oh, yeah. And so that was all I was seeing. And mm. so really trying to like decipher between what claims were substantial and what weren't. And then really my best uh, teacher was using it and talking about it. Oh. Right. So yeah. like not just saying, well, this person says it's bad. So mm. um, finding my own voice, finding my own use cases, being empowered um, by you and the company to use it and empowered by the show to be able to talk about it and yeah. share our experiences. Um, that That's really, for me, been the biggest uh, eye-opener. I still don't use it in my personal life at all. I There's a lot of people who genuinely use it to, like, write meal plans or various yeah. other things. I It hasn't crossed over. Maybe that's my takeaway. Where I think AI is going in 2024, at least with some of the use cases that we've preemptively sort of tagged to talk about for the episode, is way more, oh, that could impact me on a personal level. Right. Whereas to date, I have only used it strictly in a kind of work professional setting. Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of that though is tied to like how useful it is with the stuff that you're working on, right? Like the meal planning stuff, you have to pre-populate it with I like chicken and I like steak and and I yeah I like I already feel comfortable in that domain. Yeah, I mean not to say it couldn't enhance. I mean everybody knows what a great cook you are, so I mean, you don't need any help in that front. It just is not one of those things yet where someone thinks I'm going to go Google that. Like when I want to look up. If there is something I've never made before, mm -hmm. I do like a point of reference. Right. I still jump into Pinterest. I don't know about anyone else, but I still got boards for my holiday sweets and treats. I got, got boards the veggie from life. 20, 2010 <laughs> when they were really hot. I do too. Yeah, I do. And I reference them. Whereas search is going toward this, you know, uh, actually, um, member of my team shared the other day with me something on LinkedIn that, uh, frankly, I was excited to see it and thought, man, I've been meaning to do that for a while, too. We talked about it on an episode. The new lead source is going to be ChatGPT. It's going to be anthropic because people are going to start using it in a way that, it, you know, it's going to surface. Well, if you utilize an integration such as the one oh, produced yeah, yeah. by, right? I'm following, yeah. So I've not yet totally shifted from like my Google search is now my AI agent yeah. or my open AI yeah. browser. Yeah. But I think eventually it'll move that direction. 
Well, there's um there's a never shifting landscape in the business world, and I think the ground got even shiftier this year for sure. Um, there's just so many things that you can do with it um, that make it really easy for you to get a first mover advantage, and and not just like a ten or twenty percent, but you know like a magnitude of difference. And it's one thing if it's like Salesforce coming to the stage because everybody knew what Salesforce, HubSpot, right? Everybody knew what MailChimp did. Everybody figured out tweets really quickly, right? Nobody is figuring out this um, this AI stuff really fast, right? Everybody's just kind of like, well, let's do this and well, let's do that. And nobody, nobody when they figure it out is going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I just uh, did 3,000% of my business because I figured out how to use AI, However, you have surfaced some creators who are doing that. And I do think it has created uh, more knowledge sharing. I don't know if it's, you know, like in prior, I don't know if prior tools that you've referenced, uh, maybe people have been more apt to kind of keep how they're using these tools close to the vest. Yeah. And there have been so many creators out there that are essentially the thought leader in chat GPT, for example, they come up with these like 21 page documents they post on LinkedIn, like my 21 best prompts that'll make you the oh, greatest, yeah. you know, say it, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Like but, whatever you need to be. Right. And they're, they're sharing that out. Now I am highly skeptical of how much of it they're actually creating themselves. Right. And I think it's like that weird paradox of like, probably not a lot, but that's okay. That's, I'm okay with that. Right. Um, you know, if, if you are a content creator and you're good at what you do and your content is good, I I mean, I might have a problem if you outsourced every single part of that. But if you had an inkling, like it was your idea, or maybe you got that from somebody else, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm okay. If it's good content, I want to digest it. I don't really have a care a whole lot where it came from outside of like the moral questions and a lot of that. Like good content, let's, what did we say at the beginning of the... One of these shows. What can be used for good can be used for evil. We no. don't think we said that, but. Uh, I said that. Oh, you did? No, I was thinking more of like uh, content is king or um, video, you, video content. Original social, content. No, social content. Original content. Original content. Original content. Exact words, yeah. Thank you. Original content is king, right? Because mm-hmm. chat GPT can regurgitate everything that has ever been said on the internet. Yeah. You know? So, but that's probably uh, talking about. Uh, predictions. One of my predictions that we um, don't have on our list to talk about, but one that came up in my mind while I was driving back from Costco because we uh, we got some Costco pizza Best for store for lunch ever. with my fam. Um, it was legit today. Yeah, today, just now. Yeah, it was good. Um, but is this idea right? Like everybody knows what um, most folks are doing with. OpenAI, ChatGPT, large language models, right? It's some kind of chatbot, some kind of getting it to learn or remember things that I've told it before. My prediction for 2024 is we're not going to hear what people are doing with it because they're going to build a whole product around it, right? Like um, one thing that I saw uh, that I told you about was uh, this companion app that somebody had put together, right? Like be my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Um, but they don't really, I mean, it's pretty obvious that it is chat GPT that you're just conversing with a chatbot, right? But it doesn't openly come out and say, well, this is, this is how this works. 
right? And I think we're going to see a whole lot more of that. This cool new product does this really cool thing, and it's not a chatbot, but it does something very unique, and it's powered by all of these technologies that we're getting access to. But that's that advantage, like that first mover advantage that I was talking about. Like they don't need to tell you that it's powered by a large language model because it's solving a problem that you didn't know that you had that you now want to pay for. And you don't really care that it open AI is involved at all. You need to say that louder for the marketers in the back, because just because your product has AI, that's not a feature. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's so much of it coming out um, now. Like we have AI. Great. Great. Is it still is it still solving a, a problem? <laughs> That's not a differentiator. Maybe right. if you can translate that into like actual real insight. But well, I, I mean, a good example of that is the is the email or like all of the tools that are coming out with. Let me rewrite the words that you just wrote. Like I can get that twenty other places. Let's talk about something you know that hasn't been done yet. Right. I'll give them. I'll give them some. Um, I don't know. I'd, provide some defense, right? Like everybody is trying to figure it all out. You know, it's not like we've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. So oh, that's an interesting one. I'm glad you brought that up. So a couple other ones on our list. Uh, we'll just jump in here. There's been a lot of, uh, I, I've seen a lot of stuff. We may have done a hot take on this around mental health or at least read a headline on it Oh yeah. and how um, AI is going to help with mental health like think in the way of like a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we were actually chatting before the uh, episode started of, ooh, that would, like I think the comment was, that'd be kind of awkward. I'm like, there's no taking the awkward out of, out of that first intro with a therapist anyway. Yeah. Like no matter what, especially it's at least in my ex little experience, it's the pleasantries to the point where they're like, okay, so what are you here for? Right. You know, it's like you can only put that off for so long. Um, kind of one of the selling points of the mental health, um, AI feature is like the bias free patients. Like they'll mm. listen to you for, with a, with a typical therapist, you have 30 minutes to an hour. If it's, let's, whether it's covered by insurance or not. Yeah. Time bound, money Man, bound. You can just talk to that AI. <laughs> You've, have you been, have you uh, experimented on this front? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't gone there, yeah. but it, it is, I, pr I am a verbal processor. So I think I'd do better with more of like an avatar version of this anyway, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I think if there's someone out there that's thinking, you know, it maybe removes that barrier of, I have to go pick a therapist yeah. and I may not like them. And then I don't know right. how to go. I'd, then I have to go pick another one and reintroduce my yeah. thing and, you know, I don't know, what, like well, different what's, alternative. What's really interesting, this is, I think, based on research that one of our colleagues found and I, we were playing with the idea. But what what's really interesting is that the large language model tends, it tends to, to care or seem to care about you, the, the person that it's talking with, which is obviously just kind of weird because the computer doesn't have feelings, right? But what it Do says... Do you get that when you interact with these models? Well, that you have to ask like personal questions. I get it when I talk to Claude. Big fan. Oh, yeah? Very cordial. I feel like I. it's like in my interactions, like the same use case. Right. Like if it's a transcript or something, when I use ChatGPT versus uh, Claude, yeah. Anthropic, way more sensitive. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's well, interesting. A, 
there's a study. I mean, these studies are all, you know, brand new in the last 12 months, but one of them is the more polite you are to the model, the more likely you will you will get the answer that you're looking for, right? But if you're a pain in the butt, you know, cursing at it, then it's less likely to give you what you now, on average, I mean, it's intent is to answer your question. What's really interesting, and this is like hot off the press in the last week, is if you coerce it to give it, or you're like searching for a specific answer, you can say effectively, and this might be, this will be a controversial topic, right? But you can say, if you don't help me with this and respond in this specific way, like a cat will die, right? Or somebody will die, right? You just make extreme statements because it generally wants the wants good it's for you. It's like that. Remember in the nineties when you would get the chain mail like forwarded to oh, you, yeah. and it was like if you don't forward <laughs> this to twenty people, people, you have bad luck yeah, the for, rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, but it's really interesting because it works, and you wouldn't think that it would because one of um, one of the prompts that we saw, I think it was on Twitter, was like. I'm a coder with no arms and no legs and no eyes. And my job is dependent on you answering this correctly. And like the response is like the, the, the bot, right. has a really intense desire to help, um, help that person out because he has no, this, this wouldn't be funny if it was true. Right. But it's not true. Yeah. But if you really didn't have any legs, hands or eyes, you probably couldn't really be interacting, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't test the, your, um, the truth to your statements, mm. right? Cause if that was ri- literally true, it would know that you probably couldn't type what you typed unless you've got some kind of, you know, voice sense, whatever, you know what I mean? This is where things get controversial, right? But is this also leaning into the artificial generative oh, intelligence yeah. stuff, right? Where it's becoming more like responsive and I would say a little bit to that. The the true hardcore AI people would be like, Chase doesn't know what he's talking about. And you know what? My wife tells me that all the time too. So, um, <laughs> so he says, bring it on. Yeah. Um, but I, I think from a therapeutic standpoint, right? Like you, you could train a model on the, the standards of therapy. And I won't ever say that it, oh, I, I doubt any uh, professional board is ever going to say, well, you should go to this chat bot over a professional. Like you probably should see the professional. Um, but if you just need day, day-to-day companionship or somebody to talk to or uh, there's even somebody that came An out with a, a phone number. You can call a phone number and talk to somebody. But the person that you're talking to is is the is ChatGBT. Mm. And they've synth- synthesized the voice, and they're just converting it to text and back, so you can have a legitimate call with with ChatGPT. Well, they've done this in the app too, but somebody built a phone line. So, I think it's better than the alternative of someone who wants connection but doesn't know how to reach out. Um, I don't know. It's another outlet. People do this in different ways. Yeah. But well, that companion app that I was telling you about, the boyfriend girlfriend thing, yeah. like blew up, and it wasn't. Part of that story, if you've seen it on Twitter, is that um, their payment processor, you know, cut them off because they they were getting they were maybe crossing some boundaries. I don't know. I, I didn't look into it too much, but the fact that it blew up as much as that it, as it did as fast as it did tells me there's a market for that. Yeah. Not not for maybe the girlfriend boyfriend thing, but like somebody to talk with. 
Um, but I totally get like, uh, having to recount my personal life to somebody else I don't even know. And I don't know if they're any good. Um, yeah, I could totally, I could totally get behind that. Yeah. Kind of parlaying into that. So we did in at least one prior episode, talk about, uh, medical, had the advancements in the medical field. Um, I'm kind of my, my take on it is the more insights we can give the providers, especially those doctors, nurses, any practitioner that carries a massive patient load, mm-hmm. if we can get more predictive analytics and surface those so they can spend yeah. more time actually engaging with the patient than catching up on their chart, yeah, like, is there harm in that? Oh, absolutely not. There's also a lot of studies around this that that don't say that they're better, but they're about 90% as good, which... If, if you're in a low healthcare area where you don't have a ton of healthcare, you don't have access to professionals, like I would say totally. And I'm not a medical professional, I'm not giving medical advice, <laughs> but if I don't have a doc or I don't have access to one, heck yeah, I'm going to put this in, this question into the chatbot and see what it says. Because a 90% hit rate, nine times out of 10, it's right. Yeah. And that one time, well, I mean, if you didn't ask it at all and you don't have access to a doctor, you... you you don't have any other choice, right? Like it's almost like your last bet kind of thing. Yeah. There's also been a lot of, uh, I, I know I personally follow um, Huberman, Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab yeah. uh, podcast, um, Peter Atia. There's a few other folks out there that have been talking a lot about this like health span versus lifespan thing. Mm. And so they're talking about, there have been studies around and predictions around how it'll, AI can be used for continued investments in this idea around longevity. So instead of just aging to age yeah. with disease, how do we treat aging as a disease and actually live better into our later years? Yeah. And so there are, um, as with most of these things, you're looking at massive amounts of data or you need to, mm-hmm. and that can cost a lot of money. And yeah. so they're, um, there are investments being made uh, to help make, to use AI, to digest that information, to analyze that information so that we can get more information out to people around um, these topics. And I, I'm personally very interested in that. Yeah. I, I, we might talk a little bit more in some of our other topics we've got on our list, but one of the things that I see happening um, in 2024, and this is probably, not, this isn't, specific to the medical field. It could be everywhere. But now that you have the idea of um, what they call a function, you can tell the chat bot, you can tell the large language model it has access to these functions. And for everybody that's listening, a function is basically like, give me two numbers, right? And the function will take in the two numbers. And what that function does is just add them, right? So extremely basic function. Two, you give it two, and you give it in another number, I call it three, right? And the function outputs five. Well, now the chatbot knows that if it can, it can add numbers. So you give it a summary or an idea of what it can do. And now it knows, oh, hey, I have access to a function that can do math. You could give it a function that can ask for uh, blood test results, right? Or what's the, what's their chart look like over the last 12 months, right? You could build out all these functions, so not only is it looking at its uh, at its weights to give you answers based on the knowledge that it has, it can combine that with the knowledge about you as the individual person through access to these functions. 
that have some level of integration right into Epic or to, um, oh, my wife used to use all scripts. Anybody or like, to what about your what? wearables? Yeah. Oh, no, the 100%. Yeah. Like all that, give it access to that. Say, hey, you have a function here to grab everything about Mel's, Mel's health profile from Apple Watch. And it grabs that and it's like, hey, looking at these two data sets, right? Um, you look like you have a really good low resting heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then what if you could integrate that into your uh, family medical records? Oh, totally. right? So based on yeah. like... I envision like a toggle switch, like, do you want your uh, <laughs> medical history for your your father, your mother, if applicable, yeah. right? So yeah. your kids could have access to mm-hmm. all of your information, your biomarkers, mm. and it can help flag areas where they're at risk. Yeah. Well, I you'd, my mind now is like, you know, our kids are going to have access to all this data, assuming we give it to them, right? Um, but it makes me think about some of the other things. Would you my, leave me in the will? All my data is that the new currency? Like, uh, you don't get my data, okay? Because whatever. But it reminds me of uh, something that my buddy's doing at Loopback Analytics. Um, holler to Jeff Patillo. They have uh, taken medical data, uh, anonymized, right? And they are now. This is not necessarily AI, right? They're just looking at the data to determine, like, oh. Uh, this person was in for a heart procedure, but y'all forgot to do this thing. Y'all forgot to bill for this thing. Um, anyway, I think there's a ton of opportunity in the healthcare space. Um, obviously, there's a lot of moral things that we need to keep up to speed with and ensure that we do right. But I can totally see the the longevity versus the um, no. You said health span. What were the two words that you used? Health span versus lifespan. Right, right, right. My. I think both of mine are probably Extending our life is, extending one's life, right, isn't really futile if it's, you don't feel well into the extended, you know, it's like you want to live well. We don't just want to live longer. We want to live (laughs) well in our longer Mm -hmm. years, Mm -hmm. right? Well, if that was a score, I think mine would both, both of mine would be pretty low. (laughs) We can talk about that offline. All right. So let's shift over to a couple other areas. Um, a very obvious one, one that we've talked about a lot, honestly, is content and what people are doing in the way of generating content. Um, I've seen a lot around going from creation and optimization to moderation. So kind of the filtering out of, and this this probably gets to be a bit controversial in and of itself because what is right or wrong, what should be filtered, non-filtered, what's offensive, what's toxic. Um, but there's t- whole teams of people that do this yeah. at places like Twitter oh, and totally. YouTube. You know, if someone flags content as inappropriate, that goes into a queue for a person to review. Yeah. But yeah. now don't with these the tools, right? Don't need it. Yeah. Well, potentially don't need it. So I, I would say to that, it's like maybe for that person, their role um, changes more into managing some of those models to yeah. to help build the process and the management of what they're already doing. But what do you think about content and where that's going to go? A lot of the focus that we've uh, been talking about is is synchronous, right? So, hey, chatbot, I feel bad today. I have a 104 fever, right? And it says, well, you have a virus. I don't know, you know, whatever. But I think a lot of the value that we don't talk about is an asynchronous type of setup. And that's what you're talking about is the moderation, right? 
Chase wrote this crazy post about whiskey and, uh, you know, on our platform, we don't talk about whiskey. Um, but that's asynchronous, right? So Mel, who is the content moderator is off in Mexico having a good time and doesn't have time to look at that. The chat, the, the AI can look at that when it comes in and then do something after that. And it's not instantaneous. Um, I think my prediction on this front is a lot, we'll see a lot of that happen and make people more efficient in an asynchronous manner than we will on like the chatbot front. Like, I don't think we're going to make a ton of uh, headway, any more headway in advances and things like that on the chatbot front. It's all going to be like functionality that we are adding to the programs that we're creating and features that utilize AI in a way that we don't really understand yet because people are building them right now. A special interest topic of yours, gaming. Mm. Let's go. Randall and I were just talking about Hogwarts. Are you in? Oh, also, uh, I know a special someone that we were going to, we were talking this weekend that we're going to get our PCs up and running. We're going to play uh, Star Citizen and he was totally down. So. Yes. You you have permission to play video games with my husband. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, video games are so interesting. Speaking of PS5 or PlayStation, whatever, consoles, um, he did just get a PS5 in the last couple of weeks. So in ha- seeing whatever's up on the screen, yeah. kind of passing through the room, yeah. I am very impressed with what the games look like now. Yeah. So you start to like read some of these articles about how they're going to take that to like a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. How? You know, like, one of the first big studies that came out at the beginning of the year, I, I, I forget if it was Harvard, Harvard or Stanford. I don't know. One of the big Ivy League schools. Um, and if it, if, if it wasn't an Ivy League school and you're listening to this, I'm, I'm sorry that I forgot the school name, but it wasn't A&M. This study. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. the. Um, but the study was how they put like 10 characters in a simulated world and how the characters interacted with each other because they were. Basically all, we've talked about this before, agents, Mm -hmm. right? And the agent can freely do whatever it decides to do, but there's some kind of like level of input, like programmed level of input. Hey, you've entered into your home. What would you like to do next, right? And the large language model is like, well, I probably should brush my teeth, you know? Um, But all of this is, it's not the actions that they are taking are not programmed, right? A lot They're of like adapting the, to yeah. or kind of using their own logical reasoning or yeah. something. Well, like, in gaming, there's a giant complaint about how terrible the AI is, right? Like you're on the battlefield and the AI is just like swinging the sword at nobody, right? Like, like okay, well, maybe you probably should fix that problem. But the thought here is that you can have generative, expansive worlds that are not just like, cool to look at, but you can interact with them. You can interact with the NPCs and ask them questions where you might just be like, Hey, what color is the sky? And they're like, uh, yeah, it's dark gray right now because it's raining. Right. And the storm's rolling along and they know that because it's interacting with the system. Um, just a whole lot more, um, real is, is. I think in terms of graphics, but also the experience, right? Oh, totally. So it's interacting with oh, you. Yeah. Um, something else I read was how it can adapt to your skill level mm-hmm. potentially. So if it's, I yeah. don't know if that, does that mean that as I'm making my way through the game, it's going to real recognize that I'm, you know, solving these riddles faster yeah. or maybe it needs to slow down or like, yeah. I don't know. That's just 
Well, or that you're wearing metal armor and I'm a mage, right? And I know that electricity and metal don't go together and I just smoked you, right? Like the AI just figured that out. Um, I think it will certainly make games uh, potentially much harder if you, I don't know, enable that setting, right? But there's so much that you can do. The thing, the prediction that I have here, though, is that this isn't going to happen next year. Okay. Because you have to have an extreme amount of um, graphic uh, from a GPU standpoint. You have to have an extreme amount of um, capacity to do what we're doing with the chatbots right now. You then throw that in a game where the graphics card is already trying to, you know, make the trees look real green and the grass real colorful and get the waves right. It can it cannot do both right now, but it will be. They will be able to do that. Um, I think the first place we'll probably see a lot of this is in um, MMORPGs, um, where the the task of that isn't on your computer, but it's offloaded, and that that feature or functionality is provided to many people, right? Because nobody's computer, personal computer, can the average person isn't going to be able to handle that. But um, you do it more in a online, everybody's playing, and then it makes a lot more sense to have functionality that supports tens of thousands of players rather than just your PlayStation. Makes sense. Video. I sent you something on LinkedIn the other day, kind of text to video it goes away it generates like a 30 second clip do you think we're going to get to a point where like people are generating full-blown hollywood grade videos um i do i don't think it's going to be next year i think we're going to see a lot of those tools do like five second 30 second maybe a minute long the problem with that is that basically each frame is a new prompt right so Generate me an image of an elf uh, wrapping gift Christmas presents, right? I did this on Monday. Um, and then the next prompt is, right, like show the elf now wrapping it and using tape in this left-hand corner of the thing, right? Like all of these are prompts in a sense to build the next frame and the next frame and the next frame, right? Well, if there's 60 frames in a second or, yeah, 60 frames in a second or 30 frames, whatever you're recording at, well, that it's going to have to generate. Let's just stick with 60, right? 60 frames in a second. Well, now do 60 seconds, right? We're at 360 frames. Now do 10 minutes, right? Now do two a two-hour-long video. Do you remember what, like, how they made cartoons? Yeah, uh, stop motion. Yeah. So it's like that, but... Way, in, way more in difficult. AI. What ends up happening is it loses context, right? Like if you talk to a chatbot long enough, it's going to forget the first thing that you said. It's not going to remember. Same thing with the video, right? It can only remember so much what that first image looked like before it forgets. What do you mean? I thought my therapist was going to talk to me forever and remember all the things. Well, that's, um, I mean, that's another big area that people are focusing on um, is this memory, this idea that. We need the large language model to have some kind of memory. Um, and I think that is a problem that we're not going to solve. I'll, I will say in the next six months. I could see it being done in the next 12 months because there are things that are already in motion where you can store memories in a database and it can access those. Okay. Um, but, yeah, on the video front, I think the context on these things is not big enough to build something longer than a minute. I mean – 
if people are going to say they made it to five minutes, they're probably like skipping or cutting scenes right into a different, a different take. And I mean, I mean, that's probably a good thing to just be realistic about. Like if you watch a movie, you're not watching the same scene for 30 minutes, right? The same angle with the same people for 30 minutes, it flips, right? Just like we've got two cameras on us right now. Um, yeah, I just don't see that one moving that far. What's out there is pretty cool. Um, but so if you're an aspiring actor, you're in Hollywood, yeah, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry too much. Well, original content, right, is going to be king. Um, we'll continue to be king. I'm curious on your front, though, like thinking about like going from marketing content copy on a website, right? The video side of that, building out a story, right? And taking the story and converting it to somebody moving their arms. Like, do you ever see in your mind that being a thing, like based on what you've seen on LinkedIn and all these tools that are coming out? Within the context of Venn? No. No, like creating creating videos, like creating a trailer, a convincing trailer of, I don't know, the next Mission Impossible movie. Sure. You think it could happen? Yeah. And will it happen next year? Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be ready. I think some of the other things we're probably closer on, but I don't know. The video thing is just, that it's just way more complicated. Uh, the deep fake though, that's also on our list. Yeah. That one is going to get way worse. Um, yeah, I kind of flagged that as a, <laughs> my note literally says deep fake dash, but worse. But worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's very easy to write over or adjust specific. We've seen some of this like in um, on Google's ads, right? Where they like, you take 30 photos and you're looking at the camera, but I'm not. And then I'm looking at the, and then they like pick the best thing and then they just copy and paste, right? Yeah. I think we'll see a ton of this. There's a there's a lot of these videos on Reddit where it's like um, very you know important political people like and they're they're just making light of this the, what they're saying right, but you'll kind of see the mouth just like and but they're saying what they're saying is in their voice and in their inflection and they just say some absolutely ridiculous stuff standing up on the you know the government podium and you're like okay I know they never said that. But it, it's getting getting almost to the point where it's like, like, wait, did they did they say that? I think this always goes back to take the tools out of it. And it's easy to take in your news and headlines. And just because you saw a headline or someone um, posted mm -hmm. and you read a sentence like it, you got to you got to go seek other sources. You got to. Oh, yeah. We can't rely on, on. Well, it's always been like that. You take, like you said, take the technology out, go back before the internet, and then it was the newspaper, right? And it can't replace your replace your critical thinking. <laughs> oh, I love that. Don't replace your critical thinking. Don't do it. Yeah, uh, just like Google is not going to answer. Um, I've seen. Have you ever seen that thing where it's like uh, WebMD has the best SEO? <laughs> no. It's like, why does my stomach hurt? Like yeah. WebMD is like, your stomach hurts because of, you know, it's always oh, going to be yeah. the best. It's always going to have the, yeah. the symptoms, right? Um, so if you, if that's your only source of information, you are likely going down the wrong oh, path. Yeah. Like it's one thing to Google a symptom, then you should go to your doctor. Then maybe you start changing your diet. Then maybe you, you know, do some other, you seek out some other holistic therapies. I don't know, like... It's totally a meme though. Like every time I have 
something, right? Like, oh, my, my forehead's hot. Or, Why does the top of my left forehead yeah. above my eyebrow? Well, you go down three bullet points yeah. on that page and it's like, you have cancer, you're dying, yeah. go see the doc. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But totally, uh, you can't replace your critical thinking with... with uh, yeah, like we've totally used the uh, kind of clickbait headlines um, in our segments sure. just to kind of have discussion around. But right. Um, for every one article, there's another five and, you know, like I, there was, this is not related to AI, but I'll just share. There was a recent story about a bride out of Fort Worth that just had a $60 million wedding in Paris. And two of the, um, articles that I sent to my husband were shining this grandiose light on this wedding and just how elaborate it was, right? This four day Thing, this, that, and the other, and how much money they spent. So then my husband being who he is, he goes and does some more research and looks at some additional headlines and behold, the groom has been indicted for like 25 years for something, no. you know, criminal. And so meanwhile, like these other two headlines are, I mean, I just found it to be comical, honestly, right. um, and just over the top. But for every, again, one, two articles, there's always another take or another viewpoint. And so I think maybe closing out on this, if there's anything that I've learned, it's not just to take these things at face value. There's not yeah. one expert in the field. There's yeah. not one thought leader. Um, you have to use the tools to an extent, I think, in order yeah. to really understand what the application is in your personal and professional life. Easily. What else would you add? Um, Be ready for (laughs) the government to come in heavy-handed. We didn't talk about it, but I see lots of regulation. I see the government telling other government, our government, telling other governments they can't have what we're doing. And actually, it's in one of those reports. um, I think it was Deloitte that said, uh, to an extent, be ready for... um, uh, uh, societies that are a part of high tech um, countries, right? To e- get even further away from the countries that are not, you know, that are low tech. Um, and then you throw in somebody, um, I forget who it was, but told NVIDIA yesterday that if you design these chips for China, that I will step in and I will control it tomorrow. So now you, now you have. Not only the government stepping in to control trade, but to control the evolution of a particular society's ability to expand their GDP and to or, or um, increase it, you know, by a significant amount. Like that, that is the untold story here that we probably don't have a ton of time to talk about. But put a pen in it. Pen in it next time, you know. All right. Well, that wraps the season. Of, or at least the first season of The yeah. Junction. We'll just keep these episodes coming out um, into the new year. Um, I think we're going to regroup on some topics. Let's let's season rest two. up, let you have your baby, you know, yeah, do that. Totally. Do that. Let's celebrate, you know, Thanksgiving, all the things, gift giving, and we'll come back for season two. Yeah, sounds good. Well, y'all know what to do. In the meantime, keep it automated. Ciao.